Collective Cast number 16, The Daily Grind. You're tuned to The Collective Cast. Agents of the Collective strive to fight, adapt, and grow. Whether facing the evils of the world or those within ourselves, we support one another and leave nobody behind. And now, here's your host of the Collective Cast, The Cryptic Chameleon. Hello, everybody. Welcome on back. I am Chris, also known as the Cryptic Chameleon. Welcome to the Collective Cast. I hope all of you are doing well. I'm doing okay. It's a, you know, we're, we're, we are now getting into, what is it, March? We're now in March. I mean, that's it. The, the year is already almost a third over and things are, you know, up and down a little bit. I'm a little bit tired, but I wanted to get an episode out. So I am doing this and we're going to talk a little bit about work. But before we talk about work, I'm going to talk a little bit about the work that is going on with podcasting 2.0. Like I talked about last time, um, I'm going to give some people uh, call outs here. First of all, John Spurlock. Uh, John Spurlock is doing a great service to the podcasting 2.0 community right now by providing podcastsocial.org. And this is where the brand new cross app comments uh, compatible podcast episodes get featured, but also uh, John and podcastsocial.org will help to provide podcast, uh, podcasters with a thread that they can use in their podcast feed for each episode to be able to use that as their unified social um, interaction point for for their new episodes. So John's doing some pretty incredible stuff, stuff there with podcastsocial.org. So thank you very much. I also want to give a shout out to my buddy, the market surfer on noagendatube.com. The market surfer is amazing every single morning. Well, not every morning, but most mornings he's doing a really good breakdown of how Bitcoin's doing in the market, how um, other things, even like uh, Aurora cannabis stocks are doing in the market. It's it's basically he talks about what's known as price action, how stocks and other similar things move up and down and what those movements mean for your investment. And he's also a value for value based presenter. He he that means that if you go to noagendatube.com, you can support him there or in any podcasting 2.0 compatible app. So definitely check his stuff out as well. So yeah, that's that's a great thing, and he provides an amazing uh, service on there. Um, so Market Surfer usually posts around six thirty in the morning Eastern time for stuff like that. Last but not least, um, if you are listening in the Hypercatcher app in Apple's devices or on Apple devices, please you can help me out by adding chapter markers, and I can accept those because I now have the uh, web version of Hypercatcher or Hypercatcher Studio to help to manage this podcast and create chapters. So uh, if you if you're listening to this and you use Hypercatcher, please by all means use that community chapters feature and I'll be happy to take advantage of that. Last but not least, last but not least, before we dive in, uh, well, actually, no, there are a couple more things. Uh, first of all, definitely share your story. Uh, I would love to hear t- about times that you have faced adversity 
and uh, overcome it, what you took away from it, and all that stuff. If you want to do that, feedback at collectivecast.com. We would love to feature those stories, or I would love to feature those stories anyway. What have I been up to? Well, um, speaking of sharing stories, I've been capturing or recapturing old stories of mine from VHS tapes, and I've discovered that the age of the VHS tape does not necessarily reflect how well that VHS tape held up. For example, there was a VHS from 1986 that I captured and it had hardly any uh, tape errors in it whatsoever. But once I got into the 90s, 91 to 93, 93, 95, it did not go well. The tapes have degraded and they're, they're choppy and there's all sorts of technical errors in them. The sound might still be there, but the video can get very, very wonky. And that's with two time-based correctors in the mix. So it's pretty crazy, but that's what I've been working on in my spare time for the time being. So today's episode is about work. And I know in this economy, especially, we, we should all be thankful if we have work, thankful that we can provide for our families, etc. But My thing with work or my journey with work is a little bit different. I, up until recently, haven't even really thought about the right direction to take with work. It was more along the lines of, okay, uh, I I got a job here and I need to get a new job because I lost this job here or I, I don't want to be here anymore. So I found another job that would take me and I've worked up the ranks through that job, but now I'm not happy there. So I'm going to find another job and I'm going to start at the bottom there and I'm going to work my way up there. And it's kind of just been that that kind of push of work. It, it's not something where I really evaluated what I should do or what I want to do. And it's still a hard thing to deal with. It's a hard thing to figure out what what is your personality versus a couple of other things. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. So um, earlier this month, or uh, it was either earlier this month or earlier last late last month, I had my annual performance review, and I did not do well, and this isn't surprising to me because, well, I had a rough year, as did most of us, but uh, I went through several emotional changes, I was in therapy, I went through relationship stuff, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened over the last year, and it makes it very hard to focus on work, but it also didn't help that there are aspects of my work that I really was struggling with and and still struggle with to a certain extent. And I'm not going to reveal a ton about what I do or the company I work for. Needless to say, I have some things I do with my job that I'm really good at and really get into. And there's other stuff that is just basically what I said in the title, the daily grind. It really is about grinding through it. And that's not a good way of going about Jobs. If, if your job is a grind and you don't enjoy that grind. So, hey, if you have a physical job and you enjoy the work of doing the same repetitive thing day in, day out, and that's what you love, then there's no problem with that. But I, I'm saying to me the daily grind is you're grinding through and it feels like you're grinding yourself down as you're doing your work. That's the difference. And... During the performance review, my boss said to me, okay, uh, Chris, so these are my expectations for the new year. I'm going to expect you to do X, Y, Z. And she was saying things to me that I was like, I, like in that moment, I was like, I don't know about this. And then I sat with it and I sat for with it for about a week and 
I realized that I couldn't be the person that my boss was asking me to be. I couldn't do the job that she wanted me to do. And that's a scary situation because, I mean, you're hired for a certain job. And if you get to a point where you can't do that job, or maybe the job that you were hired for was one thing, but now it's demanding something else of you that you can't do, that's a very hard discussion to have because you're putting your life on the line, so to speak. You know, you straight up tell somebody, I can't do the job that you hired me for. And in many times and places, the answer is tough. You're going to get fired. Uh, Either do your work or deal with it. And that's not everywhere. And that's not all the time. Things are changing in businesses where there is a shift, generally speaking, in a focus of how do we help people to feel fulfilled in their work in addition to, you know, having them do good work. So the next week I sat down with my manager and I said, look, like, this is hard for me. Uh, You're the best boss that I've ever had. And she is. But um, I really don't think I can do what you're asking me to do. And it was a good conversation, but it was still hard. It, It still came down to, you know, hey, this is this is a difficult spot. But at the same time, she wants me to find something that is good for me and will play to my strengths and something that I will enjoy and feel fulfilled in doing. So I have a great boss. But that being said, it doesn't make it any easier. And I think what this comes down to is personality versus capability. You might be capable, or at least I know I'm capable of doing certain tasks. I'm capable. I can push myself through them. But I'm going to get burned out very, very quickly. And that's very hard for me. And my personality does not match the capability, so to speak. So I am capable of, you know, being insanely organized and staying on top of everything and, 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 you know, being that type of person that like has 50 projects going on, but can keep track of everything going on with them. I have the capability to do that. I know what tools I would need. I know how to use those tools. But if I had to do that, my burnout rate would be two weeks, maybe three weeks. Every two to three weeks, I would need a break because it's just too much. It's not in my nature to do that. Now, that doesn't mean you use that as an excuse or I use that as an excuse. I know there are some areas of that that are legitimately areas for growth for me, and that's great, and those are things that I know about. But one of the things that I've heard so much throughout my life are things like, well, take ownership, be proactive, and all these buzzwords and and terms. And I know what they mean, and I get what people were saying. Stay on top of your work, drive your work forward, be the leader of this work in this way that we want you to be. And there's a place for that. But there's also different ways of taking ownership. There's different ways of adding quote-unquote value to work than to necessarily be the person or try to be something that other people tell you to be, but you're not. And that's the thing that I was running into difficulty with. I'm more of an analyst. 
type of person. That's that's the thing that I love doing. I love learning about uh, different processes, procedures, business goals, uh, learning about the culture of a business, all of that type of stuff, and trying to then find ways to make that better. And one of the things I've said is I'm really good at teeing up projects. I can gather requirements. I can find out, um, you know, really like what is it that your business actually needs versus what you want and how can we get to a good happy medium with that and all of that type of stuff. I love doing stuff like that. I love learning from other groups, seeing how they do one thing versus how um, my particular business does it and how can those things be cross compatible? How can we maybe take a little bit of the best of what they're doing and maybe they can take a little bit of the best of what we're doing? You know, this is the type of stuff that really gets me excited. So I'm really good at coming up with project ideas. I'm really good at setting up the ball for somebody else to knock it out of the park. What I'm not good at doing is being the one to run the bases. If you want somebody to lead your project from beginning to end, to stay on top of the engineers, to um, you know test everything on top of that, I don't mind testing some stuff. That's not a big deal. But I'm saying if I have to stay on top of people, if I have to be nagging them about things, if I have to be pushing the project to completion, that's not my forte. And it's not just because I don't like dealing with conflict. It's because... Staying on top of something like that constantly and pushing constantly is exhausting. And some people can do it and do it well, but I'm not that guy. And I've done training for a long time and I'm good at training because I'm good at talking to people, but I'm not good at training because I get really exhausted when I'm teaching the same stuff over and over and over again it's exhausting and then it's so much easier to get distracted it's so much easier to get off track and start talking about other random things because the only way that I could get through it is to give myself mental breaks to force my way through it so again I have the capability of training I have the capability of doing those things but I'm not exactly great at just staying on top of it and pushing through because it doesn't stick with me well now could could it also be that I have undiagnosed ADHD it could be but still even if I got the diagnosis of ADHD that doesn't mean that I can't I I can use that as an excuse not to function in the world I can't I have to find a way to function that's beneficial. Now, I will say this flat out. I know I do have issues with conflicts. If my job is to follow up with somebody, uh, even just to set up some training things or to, to set up a meeting to do something, I don't like inconveniencing people. I don't like people, you know, feeling like I'm I'm putting upon them. I, I, I don't want to be a bother. And that's stuff that I have to get over. To do my job, I have to ask you to do this. You know, otherwise I'm not doing my job. So I need your help to do my job, basically. That is the straightforward way that I could be thinking about it. But I'm not great with conflict. And that's not necessarily why I couldn't uh, be a hyper-organized person. That's a completely different thing. 
one piece of it is conflict and learning to deal with conflict and learning to ask people for things when you need it and not feel guilty about it. And that's something that sometimes I struggle with. Like, hey, I need you to provide me with meeting dates, please. You know, that's not a, you know, that's not a difficult request. That's not something that I should feel scared to ask, but it's, it's something that I'm working through. So that's just an example. That is just an example. But what I'm saying is conflict is not something I'm great at. So when I run into conflict and I do a lot, my go-to is anxiety and freezing. So instead of fight or flight, I don't tend to fight it. I don't necessarily always flight it. I usually freeze and then flight. <laughs> that's that's really what happens when I come into conflict with things. And I've gotten better at leaning into conflict. I've gotten much better at when I'm running into conflict, being able to separate the rational from the reactional. And that's a hard thing, especially if you are having a difference of opinion with something or someone rather that you care about, or you are having a difference with someone you care about or don't care about, about something that you do deeply care about. And those opinions aren't lining up. Those are difficult situations, and the way that most people online deal with it, I won't say most, okay, that's that's a bit of an oversimplification, but the trend online tends to be if somebody says something that you don't like, you lash out at them, and or you try to deflect, and or you try to pass the buck, or you just stop talking. Those are all strategies to avoid conflict, and so I know that I've been somebody that does that a lot. And so I've learned to find ways to lean into the discomfort of conflict and to stand my ground in some cases and in other cases to, um, you know, say, hey, I'm not exactly feeling comfortable right now. Can I get back to you on this? Could we maybe talk about this later? Because you can like I can feel the emotions rising and it's like, okay, this is not feeling safe for me right now. I need a moment to calm down so I could rationally think about the arguments that this other person's making. So that's one of my own hurdles in regards to things. Another one is getting things completed in general. And this is especially true for something like uh, taking a course. There's tons of online courses that are free. All you got to do is take them, you know? And that seems so easy. It's, it's so easy. Just Go on. You want to learn something? Go online and take the course, and then you find out. Well, you know, to get this course completed, it's gonna take months, and it's gonna take months of sustained effort. Oh, well, no, I'm not gonna do that then, and that's something I have to get over too, and I don't know how. I'm gonna confess right now. I don't know how to do that. I know of some strategies and there's some books that have been recommended to me that I'll get to in the near future that may help. But the point is, is that like, it is so hard for me to optionally do something like that where I have to spend my time outside of work, let's say, to study something in order to get a certification that will help me to get a better job that's better suited towards my interests. Well, that's great but I have a really hard time doing that. And one of the things somebody that I, I care about uh, said to me was like, well, you have to picture 
or maybe it was in a book or a combination of the two, but it's like you have to picture you as the person that you want to be, you as the person that has the certification, and imagine what that feels like and use that as the motivator. And I, I can try that. I don't know if it'll work, but I can try it, you know? And I also make a mountain out of a molehill. I say, well, look, like this is a very big task that I have to do. And it, it's so much. And it's like, well, no, you just do it one at a time. Yeah, but it's going to take months of doing things one at a time to get this done. And that is so hard. And I know people are like, oh, that's just a millennial thing. You know, you're, you're a millennial. You, you don't know how to stick to it. You don't know how to, you have no fortitude. And you know what? To an extent, that's true. It's very hard for me to stay on top of something for extended periods of time. It's very hard for me to hold an interest in a topic for extended periods of time. It's very hard. And I don't know what to do about it, you know? Um, I've, I've read books. I've, uh, you know, tried different habits and creating different habits. And it doesn't always work out. I guess the point is, though, that, yes, those are things that I need to work on that do cause me problems in my work. And there's a difference, though, between my hurdles that I need to address and my nature that... I need to learn to be true to. My nature is not the type of person that you want to put fully in charge of a project. My nature is an advocate. I am uh, an idea person. I am somebody who likes getting involved with something, trying to find the right way to help people, and then give that to people that are more qualified than I am to lead and execute on that. Because I know that I don't have the where, not even the wherewithal, I don't have the inner ability to stay on top of something from beginning it to end like a project manager does. I can't do it. I can give you ideas. I can give you direction. I could be excited about something and I can really want to be a part of it and in fact even be part of it. And yet, if, if you're telling me to be the one to, you know, always be the one giving deliverables, always being the one to make sure that other people are doing deliverables, uh, I'm not that guy. I'm not. It doesn't mean I can't deliver on certain things. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I, I don't do anything. I sit around and come up with ideas. Like, no, that I understand. If you're coming up with the ideas, if I'm coming up with ideas, I need to do some level of execution on them. I need to plan them. I need to write out requirements. I need to make sure that the idea that I have actually fits what everybody in the business needs for the particular solution that they're looking for. I get that. But if I'm the one that needs to build the solution or push the solution to get built, no. That's that's not something that I'm, well, I don't know. Maybe I could be somebody that builds solutions if it's not actually programming. But what I'm saying is, like, if I'm supposed to be the one that leads something from beginning to end, it's not, it's going to fall apart. And maybe that's me giving up on myself too easily, but that's been my reality. The reality is I'm a great helper to projects. I'm a great person for helping to get projects started. 
I'm a great person for popping in on projects and doing some maintenance on them and making sure very briefly that things are going well on it. Um, I can test something at the end of a project, but I cannot lead a project. That doesn't mean I'm not a leader in other ways. It doesn't mean I can't lead. It just means that I'm not able to lead in that particular way. And I don't know if anybody else has had those pro- these types of problems and what you did to work on them. So, I, I mean, by all means, please, if you have a similar type of personality or if you have run into these issues in the past, um, I would love to hear. <laughs> I would love to talk to you, first of all. But second of all, I'd love to at least hear or read what you did to help yourself in these situations. Feedback at collectivecast.com is the place to do that. Now. Speaking of things that I advocate for and that I haven't fallen back on uh, in terms of advocacy and pushing for is podcasting 2.0 and the idea of value for value. That's right. The Collective Cast is a podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast. That means that I utilize uh, a bunch of things with the new podcasting namespace, including community uh, chapters through uh, Hypercatcher, but also chapters in general. I'm still working on the back catalog. And the chapters for this episode will probably show up in the next day or so because it takes time to put them together. Transcripts, cross-app comments, and, of course, streaming value. So if you're using a new podcast app, you'll be able to actually stream Bitcoin to me. In fact, let me just pull up something really quick. Let's see. Do I have, do I have in fact, any... Uh, Oh gosh, any any boostograms, any anything's like any things like that. So let me think. What is that thing called? I can't think of what it's called. Oh no. Oh, I'm freezing right now. No, 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 no. So now I've got to sign into something. This makes for great podcasting. But hey, you know, this is just how how things work. So let me do this. And I'll see if I've had any boostograms. So One of the features of Podcasting 2.0, Helipad, that's what it's called. One of the features of Podcasting 2.0 is to be able to stream value payments and also to, you know, send messages with those value payments called Boostagrams. And right now, uh, I don't think that I have any Boostagrams, and that's fine. I I know that I haven't gotten any streaming SAT payments, and that's fine too. It's just a matter of, um, you know, that ability is out there. So if you like that, uh, t- if you like that stuff and uh, you want to be part of it, the place to get an app that's compatible with that is newpodcastapps.com. That's newpodcastapps.com. And again, a special shout out to other people in the podcasting 2.0 community. Of course, Adam Curry, Dave Jones, um, Tom, or sorry, Tom, John Spurlock, of podcastsocial.org, everybody over at the team for Castapod, which is the platform I use to host this podcast. And so noagendatube.com is the place to find the market surfer, along with some other great content that you won't find anywhere else. So all of that's part of the value for value model. If you get value from what I'm doing here, find ways to show value in return, leave feedback, feedback at collectivecast.com, leave a review in your podcast app of choice. Um, Streaming sats are always welcome. Donations are always welcome. Whatever value you get from the show, feel free to pass that value on uh, back to me, and I, I would definitely appreciate that. And, yeah, that's about where things are on that. So, uh, again, I definitely want to thank all of you 
for listening to this episode of the Collective Cast. Again, if you've had experience dealing with some of the things that I've uh, said I've been dealing with, uh, please send me feedback. Or if you have a time when you faced adversity and overcame it and what you learned from it, feedback at collectivecast.com. We could set up a recording time or you could just leave the message there uh, and I'll read it. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. I am Chris, also known as the Cryptic Chameleon. Catch you next time. Take care.